Blog Talk Radio. G's on the podcast. Outsiders, Boston Podcast, coming live right now, ladies and gentlemen. We are very hyped this morning after what happened yesterday. Who was hyped about this Kovalev fight? To see the outcome that very little expected to those who did, sit my cap. I woke up this morning a little late, slept in. Enjoyed myself. Didn't realize how late it was before I got up. You know, usually I'm that person that's on a day off, waking up about 8 o'clock in the morning, some things like that. Even in my my, uh, trip to Los Angeles, I was up very early every morning. No matter what, it was uh, being a vacation. I had a little five days to myself. Um, Away from normally working so much during the week, putting in about 10 hours a day, trying to get my money and think if I can get a way to get rich one of these days. That's the plan anyways. And with the Outsiders Boxing Podcast, put in the door to where we could be able to make some, some waves over the airwaves. Yesterday, we had a lot of boxing going on. For the fans, it was, I mean, it was epic. We had hardcore boxing fans that we, we could talk about saying that some of these fights, if you were to tell somebody that we're going to try to schedule our Saturday around uh, Berto Alexander, you know, Kid Chocolate, Deadly on Love, they would give you the Conor McGregor. Who the fuck is this guy? Guy's up there in age. But as me and Willa had talked about on the midweek show, these fights have potential to be very entertaining. Very entertaining it was. You know, we'll get to all that, though. We'll get to all that and, and all the more, the more, because there's a whole lot going on in and out the ring, as there always is. Um, but what's about that time right now, folks? Coming back. Football. And boxing usually picks up some steam towards the end of the year. We haven't had a big, big fight this year as we hopefully projected to get because we were so spoiled as of last year. 2017 was lit, man. 2017 was um, a very, very good year in boxing. For myself, it was a very good year. I did a whole lot of traveling last year. Uh, This year, I've been a little bit in my turtle shell other than going down south. But last year was a, a really, really big year for boxing. 
And it was a little bit towards the direction of we're getting away from the Cold War. We're able to get some of these fights that we didn't think we'd be able to get uh, starting off early in the year with Danny Garcia and Keith one-time Thurman. And that just snowball affected all the way down the line, I mean, up until Mayweather-McGregor, where you never thought some shit like that would happen. 2017 was one hell of a year. 2018, it's hard to light a candle to it. You know what I mean? Um, We haven't had that this year. Honorable mentions to try to hopefully get that big fight still of the year would be like a... Hardcore boxing fans, let's say uh, uh, Jared Hurd against uh, Jermel Charlo. I was hoping we could get that by this year, but when I talked to Hurd, he said that's in the works for next year. Um, we have a fight later on in the show when we cover up what's really going on with this weekend because we got an action-packed weekend about that could possibly be uh, the big boy fight of the year that might be able to be more entertaining than the obvious fight of the year being Triple G and Canelo Alvarez. So there's some shit we could be hopeful for, man. But, you know, um, to start the show off, I feel like over the last few shows that we had, we kind of just tiptoe around the edges of life and get straight into boxing, which is cool. I have no problem with that. But sometimes I feel like we lose touch and lose sight of life in itself. Meeting my man Willa a week ago and some change out in SoCal. Felt like it was just uh, business as usual. But it wasn't business as usual. If I could have talked about a little bit of the experiences that we had in Southern California minus the boxing events and in general, which is, is not a problem because the boxing events that we had and, and things that we had, like with Jacob from Long Beach and, um, you know, meeting us up at the weigh-ins and all that stuff, that's all cool. But, oh, man, I think the thing that really gets me during the week <sighs> was these fucking Prius drivers. You know, I thought that when I was in SoCal, you know, Willis said that people can't drive out there, and which I agree to some sort of an effect, but for those who know way back in the day from OTG, I believe D from the 843 has talked about what kind of whips everybody's got and all that because we know that he's got the the uh, Dodge Challenger that his boy, um, the Rally Rider, happened to have the same kind of whip that was going to get Seattle signed for some sort of bet that wasn't paid or something like that. But they brought up the whips, and, you know, um, I brought up the weaving in and out of traffic, not using my turn signal sometimes. I actually like the the traffic style of Los Angeles. But, man, these Prius drivers, for whatever reason, for those who followed uh, myself on Snapchat at RC underscore show, you can see some of the, the, the beats I had this week with the Prius drivers. You know, life and in general, man, um, I feel like, we have so much <laughs> shit that goes on during the week. And I just want to check on a on a basis with my guys how everything is going before we get straight to boxing. Because we know how it goes down in the square circle. We see with, with two eyes, and most of us, we don't need to go to Lance Crafters to see what we see in the ring. 
And I'm just on that point in time where after yesterday, I had to kind of reset. We had the boogeyman of the last five years in Sergei Kovalev go down like that. Snap of the fingers. Don't blink. And it was a wrap. He had an arguable excuse the first fight that he got screwed over. The second fight, I don't think that it was any kind of a, a low blow which ended the fight. He just got bullied on the ropes. And, yeah, maybe a shot got in there low. But, hey, when you're covering up down low, it gives you a, a small margin of whether an error or not to swing on. And I was telling my partner yesterday, I wonder how much of the boxing world gives Sergey Kovalev a pass because the first fight he might have got screwed over and in the second fight he might have got a little bloat. Andre Ward fans, which I'm a fan of Andre Ward. I like Andre Ward as a man. He is a if – if, if you talk about class, he's got first, definitely. And I can respect that, and even more so as a man. For those who know, being a Sacramento Kings fan, and my former favorite player in the NBA won LeBron James. I don't respect – the decision he made to go to Los Angeles becoming the enemy. But when you got President Trump throwing out insinuations of LeBron James being an idiot after the man just opened a school for children facing difficult challenges, it's hard for me to knock a guy, even when I don't like him, and let alone defend the guy, even though I don't like him. Especially shit. LeBron's been my guy since 2012 when he joined the Miami Heat. Now, I didn't like him when it was in Cleveland at first getting shoved down everyone's throat about being so great and this and that, the chosen one, all this. Point being, we have valuable lessons to learn in the squared circle. And in this sport that we love, it don't go from physique stature, charismatic enigma, any of that. It's up top. This is a science, man. And after yesterday, I felt like it was just an avalanche effect of the, the fact that, that we just needed to reset for a second. So I'm over here talking about all this and that. I love the fact that when JP comes on, him and Willa go on the usual, my weather's better than your weather basis. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I tend to forget how great people have been to us over the years. And somewhat, it's not necessarily that I overshadow or anything like that. It just goes undermining because when you get accustomed to things and you get so used to the way things are, you, you tend to undermine things and don't appreciate them as much as you should. Shit, when I seen Jacob, I offered him a drink, but no, 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 I got this drink, RC. And that's when I first met Jacob at the forum when we seen Dominic Wade against Triple G. 
put my money out there. He said, no, no, no. Just like when I had to pay my debt to Willa for either D, I think it was D, who wasn't paying attention to what we were talking about. And I trusted my man D. He gonna, he's going to know what we're talking about. Nope. I can't remember what drink it was that me and Willa had got, but I know it was a double shot, and it came out to about $51, $52 for two drinks between two gentlemen. Rocking the Outsiders Boxing Podcast T-shirt. Well, it's an expensive date, man. It'd be an expensive date, man. I don't know if I could rock with that all night. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, man, you you heard us come out here, starting off with the Skittle Six Nine, and I just felt hyped this morning to the fact that I feel like I'm starting off late, but I'm not going to start off on the back foot when it comes to my guy. The last eight to nine days for me for me I don't want to sound like those bitches on on Housewives of Atlanta or whatever but for me the last nine days have been a fucking roller coaster as far as the way things went in Southern California much respect shout out to Redondo Beach everybody and everybody coming back to Central Cali everybody and everybody and just realizing the reach that we have here at the Outsiders Boxing Podcast. My man D. Willa puts in a lot of work for this show, for the listeners' entertainment, and it doesn't go unnoticed. JP, damn near working double duty, working with my homeboys over at the Boxing Voice. I got my post on the podcast world of boxing. And I hear everything. As soon as D comes back, I'm going to have to talk to him about checking in. Caught his ass on there, too. (laughs) Janelle, a fighter, businessman, always here with us, putting in the time. Much respect to that. I definitely appreciate the shit out of that. Could have us with a special guest coming whenever the time may be. Smoke the mayor, my man Smoke, love to get him on here. He's from Pennsylvania, right? So he got the different times on. And that's the whole, I mean, it's, 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 it's just about how we could all get our, our time put in for specifics. And the reason being with this whole intro is we got a lot of boxing topics to go over. But one I forgot to mention to Willow when I was listening that. The, the topics of the show today is going to end with Vladimir Klitschko and a little skip it that happened yesterday in the news, which is involved with life in itself outside of boxing. You notice how that kind of trickles down from the way things go, and when they end, it rips back up to the front for, to the forefront. So, boxing is life, and boxing is why we are here. But similar to the tattoo of Canelo Alvarez, no boxing, no life. Don't mean to get deep or anything like that, because this is a boxing show. We're here for your entertainment, and I could easily talk about how I wanted to pull up on one of these Prius drivers and smack the shit out of them. 
on Thursday. <laughs> but a reset has been set in the light heavyweight division that trickled down the twine in the airwaves of the bodca- of the boxing podcast world in which we lie. Now I got up, got hyped this morning, got me a monster energy drink, which I don't really drink this shit because it reminds me of the Jagerbomb flavor. Every time I drink it, it tastes like the, uh, I forget what, uh, forget what it's called, but it's the Jagerbomb and monster. And it's just the nasty black licorice taste, which I'm not a fan of. But I got hyped this morning, folks. I got hyped this morning. Luckily, there was no Prius drivers in my way from where I needed to go to where I got to where I needed to get into the position I'm at right now. So, enough of my rambling. Y'all probably like, shut the fuck up, RC. We wasted plenty of time hearing you right now. But I'm going to take it to my man in Houston, Texas right now. And see how everything is everything before we get into this, I mean, wild weekend of boxing that we had. D. Willow Wilson, hate to hold you up for so long, man, but I just kind of wanted to reset after everything that had happened last night and kind of just, I mean, we're shooting from the hip as always. But how's the week been treating you, man, before this wild weekend of boxing has been going on? And and uh, hope everything is well as always. What's going down, my brother? Find the mute button real quick. Oh yeah. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh evening, morning, whenever you're listening to this. Uh yeah, I was put myself on mute because you it seemed like you were going to me for a second, then we were talking about life and you wanted to talk about life at first before we got to boxing, then you hit the boxing, then you went back to life. <laughs> I know, you know, I know you're a young Compared to me, comparatively, I think I'm probably eight, six to eight years older than you. So I understand where you're at right now. Young man, I got a text from RC. I'm not going to say what it said, but it sounded like it sounded like me when I was 25, 26, going to Las Vegas, coming back home to the to the everyday struggle. And I and I just yeah, think, what the hell am I? What 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 the hell is going on, right? I got all these hoes out there, new hoes to see, this and yeah. that. It looks like it's going down, you know. Reality hits. So I got you know I got this text from RC, so I know he was having a very emotional slash spiritual weekend where he's trying to figure out what the hell is going on. What does he really want to do? And I hear it this morning with the sugar green, like, uh, diatribe this morning. But it was a good one. Uh, it wasn't a lot of rambling. I think you did a pretty good job this morning uh, letting everybody know how you feel about everything. But I want to say, always, you, 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 you mentioned that, uh, that uh, Jacob offered the money. You owe me one drink. I did what? I said, make it a double, and I will do what, RC? I will pay for it, right? Yeah. The, oh, the, yeah. the other I'll half. The I'll other pay half. for the double. Yeah, 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 nope. uh, yeah. Uh-uh. Let that slide. Hey, I would pay for the other half, make that a double, because I seen she was throwing the baby shots in there. So, you know, you got that. But then 
But then RC, I want to let you. I want. I, I was gonna keep this secret, but with you know, we got to keep it real. We had our Outsiders Boxing Podcast shirts on, right? Tab is like fifty-two. The lady gives you the change, gives you a whole bunch of dollars. You fold that shit up in her face and walk off. So afterwards, about ten minutes afterwards, take it forever. <laughs> Hey, that's okay. She was being nice to everybody. She was trying, you know. She, you know, she was calling us baby, sweetheart, darling. How y'all doing? She was just taking a long time, but we were in her line. So I came around <laughs> and I made sure I gave her a tip so she wouldn't think that the outside of the boxing podcast was a bunch of cheap bastards. But hey, man. Besides <laughs> that, everything is going on. <laughs> everything is good out here, man. Uh, it's uh, it's cool, but it's not cool. It's hot out here and humid. But it ain't that bad. Um, yeah, I'm officially off Facebook, so y'all can't find me on Facebook no more. Got tired of the foolery. So hopefully RC is holding us down with promotions and throwing that shit out there. Let everybody know what's going on on Facebook. I'm out of there on that. But besides that, man, got a lot of fucking boxing last week, uh, last night. A lot of boxing. Got to check it all out. Just chill. So I'm ready to talk, man. It was a good night of boxing. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I'm 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 working on a, a Photoshop photo of us right now that we could. Uh, I'm gonna put on the on the gram and Twitter. I think it's a nice picture that it it, uh, it 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 just gives a different flavor of what we've been normally putting up. So when I finish this one up, I'm gonna I'm gonna tag in it as always and get a check out of that one for everybody listening. But um, uh, gentlemen of you, Willa, for the uh, the tip and all that, because um, as you know, yeah, I would um, put my money in and say, let's get to our seats right away real quick, fast, and in a hurry after the woman was taking about 10 minutes per person to get a fucking drink. Um, <clears throat> you know, they could call me sweetheart and all this and that. But come on, man, we got to go. We got to see some fights. So um, to the lady that was over there, yeah, 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 you know. Um, I'm an in-and-out kind of a person when it comes to shopping. So I ain't got time for all that foolery and shit. So uh, we did that, and um, it's all good. I mean, hey, mention how old the lady, the lady was about what seventy? Yes, yeah, she's about a so grandma. You, you so, stepped you know, a seventy she... a seventy year old bartender with like ninety <laughs> people in their life. <laughs> Just remember that. <laughs> yeah, I did do that. I don't give a fuck. She was taking forever, and we had to get to our seats, man. Hey. We were. I was the one complaining over there. I'm. I'm. I'm not usually that kind of person, but I will be outspoken if need be. But um, she was a sweetheart and all this and that. And I'm sure this paid her good enough money to where a few dollars of a tip didn't fuck with anything that she was doing. But luckily that Will, Damon, my man D Willa, is the gentleman, the southern gentleman who always came on the show. We came from before saying good afternoon, good evening to everybody before he came off with his rants about whatever it may be. So, D. Willa, you are the gentleman of the podcast, most definitely, and I might sometimes be the asshole. But being the asshole, yeah. I got an opinion just like everybody else. <laughs> so, hey. Yeah, I couldn't let you ship different. the 70-year-old black lady working a bartending <laughs> job to make it into meat in California because the prices are so damn high out there. So I had to make sure, you know, we reached back and gave to the community, man. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Hey. Well, fuck all that. <laughs> we reached back into the. You reached back and gave back to the community, as which I was just trying to get back to my seat 
and see what the community was viewing over there in Staples at that time. But, no, let's get to it, man. Hey, man, fuck all that. Fuck all that. Yeah, fuck all that. Fuck all that. Let's get to it, man. Here we are on this August 5th of 2018. Going over my notes right now from everything I've seen yesterday. It's just like, yo, I feel like I could talk this shit. Because after yesterday, it was a very, um, near I say, they were trying to push the fact that Sergei Kovalev was still the crusher, was still the boogeyman, was still the baddest man in the light heavyweight division. And I'm a fan of the guy. I'm a fan of Sergei Kovalev, as Willa mentioned on the midweek show. He's a fan of him as well. But I did not see a complete shutout that the scorecards were reaching. First two rounds, I gave to Alvarez. And they're over here acting like Kovalev might just lost one round. Now, Will, I'm not that guy to be like, oh, yeah, I knew he was going to be in a dogfight. Shout out to Virgil Hunter. He says those Russians don't want a dogfight. And if you look up boxing history, it goes to show they don't want a dogfight. Yesterday that happened. I mean, it's so hard for me to put this one down because I mentioned the boogeyman in the last five years went out like a bad light bulb yesterday. And not only that, when he went down that first time, you've seen his legs buckle a few times before he sat down. But when he was getting up, it looked like he had a lot of coke in his system. Saying that, was the way that his jaw was clenching. It looked like, Roy Jones even mentioned on commentary, it looked like his his teeth was shaking. His jaw was clenching. He was in a place he had never been before. As Teddy Atlas calls it, that dark place. As soon as Kovalev got knocked down after dominating round three, four, five, six, until that seventh, I mean, he went to that dark place and he didn't have a flashlight. Deservedly so, because the shot that he got hit with is the shot that nobody wants to get hit with. That set-up jab with an overhand on the top, hitting the money spot of the temple. You hitting the temple or you hitting the chin, money shot. Kovalev got hit good, man. And when it happened and he fell on his ass after his legs buckled, I looked at the clock. So this ain't good. When Kovalev got in trouble against Andre Ward, he tried to hold on for dear life. And it worked against him. When he got in trouble yesterday against Alvarez, he tried to fight through it and be tough, and it worked against him. Now, in the fourth round, when Sergey Kovalev had hurt Alvarez with a big shot and started following up, I thought to myself, the boogeyman effect might be gone as far as everybody thinking that Kovalev is still that monster. But the good thing for Kovalev is, not everybody is Andre Ward. 
one of the greats. But the blueprint was still out there. And the right hand Alvarez stunned Kovalev with is the same right hand that Andre Ward changed the pace, changed the direction, changed everything. One of the, if, if that photo was available, looking for, and it's out there, of Kovalev just looking like, what the fuck just happened? You see the sweat in the air and Andre Ward's face with a grimacing look that I gave it all I got on this punch, and you see the right hand following up. That shit would be in the fucking living room of my house in a portrait because that one shot, other than the fact that Andre Ward getting up from when he got dropped by Kovalev was his finest moment, given the challenges that he overcame. Sergey Kovalev, doing work for the most part of the fight, getting stopped after being dropped three times. And if you look at the second knockdown, he got hit with the left into where, as I say, he was taking a look at the ceiling to see how the architects had designed whichever arena they were in. He got hit with a left straight, and, I mean, the eyes rolled to the back of his head as his chin popped up and he took a right hand to follow right on the eye socket and went down, folding like a fucking accordion. I felt bad seeing that because after that had happened, he got up again. Kovalev's a tough motherfucker getting up from that shit and trying to fight through. And and I think Kovalev's just never been in trouble like that to where he doesn't know how to react in a dangerous spot like that. Because he had 20 seconds when he got up from the second knockdown, you know, counting down probably 16 seconds, 15 seconds after the referee's checking on him. He could have moved around a little bit, ran around the ring, circled the ring, get away from harm's way. You got 15 seconds to try to get to the round, get some water on your head, get some direction, and maybe get some, some sort of sense and knock the cobwebs out. But what'd he do? He put his earmuffs on and try to withstand for 15 seconds a big, hungry fighter. This is a light heavyweight division, folks. So when these shots are coming, this bombs. Janelle, I know you're with us, so hold on. We're going to get to you right after Willa. But I'm going to take it to Willa right now because, Willa, the card said that Kovalev was winning all rounds but one. I thought the first two rounds Kovalev lost, and then he was in cruise control up until the point where he got that overhand right. And when that happened, crowd was on their feet. we never seen Kovalev in trouble like that, I mean, ever. And for Kovalev to get stopped the way he did, that's a tough one. Kathy Duva said that there is a rematch clause invoked, but I don't know if Kovalev wants to get in that ring for a rematch so soon, so sudden. Um, technical knockout He was on his knees at the end of the fight When the ref was waving it off Kovalev looked like he was He was in He was in the matrix He was in the fucking matrix Didn't know what was what And could not believe When they're announcing what had happened Just by judging off the look of the man's face D. Willa I know me and you had both took an L on this one because we both thought that Kovalev was going to win this fight. Much of the boxing world, 
I know there were certain people out there who were picking Alvarez to win, but it was just uh, kind of a, you know, vodka body shot, this and that. But it wasn't no body shots that put Kovalev out. It was up top. And Alvarez pulled off what I'm already declaring upset of the year in 2018. Um, Unbelievable performance yesterday in the clutch because Alvarez was looking like a punching bag for instances of this fight. But when it went down to the needed gritty, when they got into the deep end of the pool, one man came out on top, and that was not Sergey Kovalev. Willie, your, your, your take on this whole fight, my man. Man. Oh, it was a way, it was a great way to end off uh, a pretty good night, pretty good day of fighting. Um, like you said, I think we both. I don't. I don't remember exactly what I said. I might have had the KO, uh, Kovalev. Uh, you know, we saw him fight some moms, and he was looking good, like he was the old Kovalev. And uh, for a second there, for a second there in the fight, we saw the old Kovalev. You know, uh, we saw the first. You know, you said that he won. That Alvarez won the first two rounds, and maybe. Those were closer rounds than, you know, they were sort of giving it to because I think they thought what we thought the uh, the announcers, uh, sweaty-ass uh, Roy Jones, you know, they had Roy Jones come out after his guy took the L. Double Boy, was sweating like, a, uh, sweating like a slave out there. They should have hit back up with a towel. <laughs> but they were out. But, but uh, we'll talk about those later. But, uh, you know, Alvarez did look good. He was faster, obviously in the first couple of rounds, and then the crusher came out, and we saw old Sergey. Uh, even though he was – maybe we didn't – we thought we saw old Sergey because he was putting a lot of pressure and putting a lot of fights. But what uh, I did notice is was he was getting hit a lot, right? So it, it it wasn't the same type of steam that he used to have, but he was still putting it on. And um, he was whooping him, beating him. Uh, at one point, I thought it – like you said, at the fourth, I thought it was over. Uh, at the third, no, I think at the round the third he started went, he started beating them up. It, you know, the first two were good. Then the second half of, of the first half of the third round was was okay. But then you saw it coming. You saw it happening. It went to Sergey. Just started beating the guy up. He wasn't throwing as much, but you could tell he was hungry the whole time. And after the fourth, he didn't go down. I was thinking to myself, okay. This is uh, this is gonna be it. He's not gonna last too much round. I think I called the sixth and seventh round knockout, and uh, I thought that was coming soon. Then I saw Sergey do the Superman pose and take like three deep ass breaths before he got into the for the fifth round. And I was like, oh shit, okay, he's getting a little tired. This, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really feeling it. Then the fifth round, he came out. He really didn't do too much. He was tired. That bit, and the round getting, getting, getting dropped. Old, old Sergey Kovalev, this, this guy, this guy, this guy. I, I'm gonna give him his props and his due, but at the same time, uh, he beat up a guy. I say an old guy, even though I think Alvarez is is like one year old, uh, younger. 
uh, one or two years younger than Kovalev. He beat up a guy. He he knocked out a guy. He didn't beat him up. He knocked out a guy that got tired. Um, slept him. Big way to end the night. Not hating. He's he withstood the uh, uh, onslaught that a lot of people haven't been able to take. Only person that's been able to take the onslaught is uh is Andre Ward, and um, he was able to take it. No credit, no discredit. But he started, you know, he he fold, He started getting beat up. He folded up at from the from the third to the seventh until he he landed that shot. You know, he was throwing shots because he was game. He wasn't gonna go out like a complete hoe, which we saw. But you know, all credit given to him. But this was a, a upset of the year, I guess so. Um, as of now, I guess it is. But I'm not that hype on Alvarez. He didn't look too great. Looked like he just got beat up. He was fast for a little bit. He got beat up. And uh, then he got a knockout on the guy that was obviously slowing down uh, early. Oh, well, not early. Slowing down. Obviously slowing down. But you know, hopefully we'll talk about B-Bowl a little bit. This makes it, you know, an old Sergey Kovalev crushes both those guys, right? But now that he's gone and War gone, maybe this makes for a more interesting fight. B-Bowl now, you know, after his fight, I think he came out as a guy that's like, oh, shit, you know, everybody's pretty much like, oh, okay, this guy can't be the top Kovalev right now. But the top Kovalev is gone. He can take a breath. Now he can he beat an Al, uh, a top Alvarez, and I think that's a way better fight. Uh, Alvarez showed some skills, but what did he? You know, I guess he showed a one hitter quitter type of punch. But besides that, I'm hype about the fight. It was a great fight. Um, Kobe, he, Alvarez did what he he needed to do. He gets the A plus by me. He did what he needed to do. Pulled the upset. He's unified. He's the man now, but I'm not that hype on him. Elvia Alvarez, as you look at any kind of, uh, I mean, his knockouts are not really up to par for anyone to think that, oh, this guy's a killer. Um, The Colombian, the 34 years of age, just had his moment yesterday in which probably nobody believed that would be able to happen. This is that stuff that, Movies and shit are made out of from a guy getting beat up like Rocky and coming back with a crazy knockout victory over, a, you know, the, the crusher. One of the baddest men that we've, like I said, the, the boogeyman of the last five years. And a lot of people would look at Alvarez and probably think like, I mean, who the fuck is that guy? But he had that moment in him where you put a dog in a dog fight, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog, and he definitely proved himself to be a worthy competitor to be able to withstand the storm and do what needs to be to get that W. And you've seen the look on his face and body language and how happy he was at the end. Nobody believed in him. Going against a guy like Kovalev, especially how good Kovalev was looking, it was a hell of a moment. And I, I tip my cap. Now what's next? I know that Stevenson avoided him being his mandatory over the years. Maybe that's why. Maybe Stevenson knew something that we didn't. Uh, as you mentioned, Dimitri Bivol, who we're going to talk about later, 
um, in my opinion, looked really good yesterday, even though he went to the cards. Young Dimitri Bivol is going to be a problem for some guys moving forward. Um, we'll see what's next, but, hey, let's go to Janelle. I know he's been rocking with us, so um, and I know – Janelle hit me with a text yesterday after the fight was over, and I was just I was I was still in shock after everything that happened. But um, Janelle, first and foremost, what's going on out there, man? How you doing? Hey, what's going on? How's the how's the weekend treating you, my brother? What's good in the hood out there? Every day is the same shit. You know, grinding, doing my thing. You know. As for the fights last night, I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't know what to say about Kovalev. I mean, I hate to say the guy's done. I, I mean, because it's, it's not like he fought a scrub. I mean, he fought the two elite boxers that know what they're doing in the ring. I mean, Kovalev uh, was coming on. I mean, it was not the way how Letterman had the scorecards. I mean, Matt Kellerman kept putting him in his place, ran behind him. He has him up closer. Most definitely agree it was a lot closer. But um, I'm let him in, man. He's just very biased. Seems like he's very biased when it comes to Triple G, or Kovalev. He's very biased on shit. I mean, I know he said that he likes the aggressor, but my thing is, I mean, if the aggressor's being aggressive, but yet he's walking into jabs and shit, I mean, what the fuck you give him fucking point, uh, fucking rounds for? He's walking into jabs and walking through, and, 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 and walking the punches. It's that's just ridiculous. But uh, uh, Kovalev was coming on at the time when it. It looked like Kovalev was about to score a knockout in due time. I'm out of nowhere. That you know, and the fucking right hand came out, and I remember at the time somebody was saying, um, I think it was Letterman or the Mexican count one or two was saying something about how it, uh, about word, and then boom, a overhand right like I word caught Kovalev with. I was, I was just so strange at the exact time you mentioned word's name. He's like reminiscing on the word Kovalev fight, a, a, a shot that word caught Kovalev which just dropped him. And uh, he never recovered. I don't think Kovalev has a weak chin. I think Kovalev has a good chin. But when you break him down to the body first, I mean, the chin goes afterwards. And uh, Alvarez did land some good body shots. He invested into the body, see, as Word did. He took a page of the Word's book. He fought exactly how Word did when he fought Kovalev. And was very successful at it. And, I mean, you got to fight him bravely. You got to be brave at him. You got to be brave. You got to be willing to take some shots and, and take chances. You know what I mean? And like I said, a Kovalev yep. has a yep. good chin, but but if you break that body down, I mean that chin goes, and that's for any fighter, and that's and that's the blueprint for Kovalev. He followed Word's game plan uh, beautifully, and uh, I don't know what I, I don't know what to say. I, I mean, as far as Kovalev being a boogeyman anymore, I mean, I, I mean that mystique is gone. But he still is very powerful, and that alone will, will make him still. Uh, a kind of a fierce fighter, you know. But you know, not everybody can do what Word and Alvarez did. So that's why it's hard to say the guy is done. It's just hard to say it. I don't know what, I mean, I'm I'm still a fan of Kovalev, so it's, I mean, it's just hard to give up on the guy so soon. But uh, uh, let's see how Alvarez, let's see no, what Alvarez no. does now. <clears throat> huh? well, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, bro. I, I'm a fan of the guy, like I said. Um, I was I was in a uh, uh, back and forth yesterday with the boxing view on social media, and they're like, you know, wait till he gets another title shot. It'd be interesting. I could definitely see him being put in for a contention set of another title shot if he could get that can be that number one contender. But man, 
during that fight yesterday, even early in the fight, before Kovalev hurt him in that fourth round, Alvarez was going to the blue book in the blueprint of Andre yeah. Ward. He was definitely he was definitely going to the body and trying to open him up up yeah. top, and that's what happened. I can't yeah. see Kovalev getting to that level where we had him at right now, being a champion, overcoming the odds when you have a flawed game, when you, when you have a flawed uh, uh, defense where the guys are going to chop to the body that are going to try and get you up top, and that's what got him out of there again. It's hard for me to see Kovalev be a champion again because, you know, he's up there in age, um, and the blueprint's out. And, I, I mean, dare I say, Kovalev, he definitely could get some wins under his belt for sure. But for the light heavyweight division, dare I say, Kovalev will be a gatekeeper of the light heavyweight division from the mystique that he used to have. You know what I'm saying? I, you see, I won't, say, <clears throat> I won't completely say gatekeeper. I won't completely say that because of the fact that both Ward and Alvarez took some hard shots from Kovalev that many of the light heavyweights can't take. I mean, there was a time I thought Alvarez was going to drop. I thought Alvarez was about to get, get knocked out because you know, he took some bombs from Kovalev, as did Andre Ward, that a lot of other guys can't take. So that's why I could see him winning the belt again. I mean, as far as like being D-man again, that's up for debate. But as far as winning the belt, yes, he could win the belt again. I'm not every this champion belt. had light heavyweight. Huh? Uh, he cannot beat. He cannot beat Badu Jack. He he lost to Alvarez. Do you think he could beat Alvarez again? He can't beat the young guy Bevo. A uh, old a uh, uh, a young crusher beats these guys. The old crusher beats these guys. But this old, you know, he he ran out of gas. You know what? You know in what? The fifth round. In a rematch. And the rematch of Ward, he still loses. With Alvarez, I mean, that fight was very close. And that time, Kovalev was coming on those last few rounds with his, uh, until he got fucking dropped. Um, I think he has a chance of beating Alvarez in a rematch. I'll probably not an immediate rematch, but I think he has a chance of beating him in a rematch. I mean, he just got caught. He just got caught. He got broken down to the body, and then he got caught. But Kovalev was coming on, and that punch was kind of like a Hail Mary Haymaker shot. And he just never recovered because he took some body shots early in the fight. Yeah, I mean, but, see, I um, think he, I think he, I think he came on in the uh, third, the fourth. Remember, in the fifth round, he didn't do anything. Remember, in the fifth round, he didn't throw any punches. In the seventh round, uh, in the sixth round, he started. He threw a few punches, but it wasn't the same. I think he was done. I think he was tired after after that fourth round. After he couldn't knock him out. <laughs> He, he, he invest in the body. You got to invest in that body. You got to invest in the body, as did Word. Right. But not every light heavyweight. Bebo goes to the body. Badu Jack goes to the body. He's not beating I don't think Jack could take the shots that Word and Alvarez took, though. I don't that's, think Jack could take the shots. I agree with that. He so took much. shots he from Steven. No, we seen what we seen Badu Jack take some shots when he when he got that L and got knocked out. Like you know, his, his chin. I don't know if he's be able to take some of these shots, but yet you definitely got to work to the body with Kovalev, and that's why I was saying that it's gonna be hard for me to say that this fight goes the distance because Kovalev's gas tank. You know, he's, he's got that vodka gas tank, and it's not gonna be it's not gonna be good for the long haul. And when we're talking about a young fighter like Bivol, man, that guy throws some hard shots, and he's definitely trying to open up to the body. So this one is a uh, Ooh, man, this is a, it's a slippery slope for for Kovalev, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, and I'm a fan of the guy. I'm a fan of the guy. 
I, I wanted to see Kovalev do work, and when when that happened last night, it, you know, all this shit came to a halt. It was a it was a um, it was a shocking moment to see that shit happen yesterday, and it just goes to show that a fighter's up in that age, man. Every dog has their day, and right now it's just you know you can't damage your body when you're up there in age like Kovalev's done. The vodka accusations and all that shit, you just can't do it. Your body doesn't doesn't recover as well as it used to, and you're not taking care of yourself the way you need to. And, you know, he was in cruise control, taking dominating. That's all it takes is one shot, man. And this was a, a, a clear example of that. But hold on with it, Janelle. We're going to get to JP, who's with us, get his take on this fight. And, um, I mean, I, I'm not sure if we spoke to JP about uh, predictions of this fight, but uh, JP, outside his boxing podcast, man, talk to us about what you've seen yesterday after you tell about Willa how great the weather is in Long Beach, California, opposed to the hot sun of Houston, Texas. Well, the weather, RC, seems like it's going to be a hot day today. For it to be pretty early in the day, it feels like it's got to be about 90 degrees. That said, in that hellhole of uh, Texas, it has to be about 120 to 150, I assume. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, man. It's about. It feels like 105, but it's probably only about 90, 90 degrees out here. No doubt, and, no and, doubt. And, uh, and, uh, uh, real, real quick before you start, JP, calling from the 518, you coming on next, so just hang on with us. But, JP, man, yesterday we had pretty much a change in the light heavyweight division as far as the climate goes there because Sergey Kovalev, as I'm sure few people predicted, if anybody had put money on Alvarez winning by knockout last night, I'm sure they're swimming in gold coins like Scrooge McDuck. What did you think about this fight yesterday? Was it some sort of a, you know how the Pacquiao fans would say, Marquez won by a lucky punch, or was this just weathering the storm of a guy like Sergey Kovalev, if you could take his punches and hopefully drag him out to the deep round and catch that being the game plan, or, I mean, however it may be taken, but whatever it was, Alvarez took him to that dark place, and Kovalev, unfortunately, did not have a flashlight to get out of there. Yes, sir, man. And uh, like our man Shug Green used to say, one of my favorite radio journalist of all time, by the way. Um, the ghost officially left the building with Kovalev last Ooh. night. Um, I, I, I think there was some uh, hangover as far as Kovalev on this redemption pass after Andre Ward. I never really bought into it fully because I, I just didn't see that same Sergey Kovalev anymore. And so what we've seen, like Janelle's talking about this power and this power. I didn't see the power. Um, I thought, you know, Kovalev's punches at this point have become a lot of arm punches. You know, you rarely see him sit down on them right hands. You know, it's just a lot of arm punches, kind of slappy, and I don't feel Alvarez was ever hurt by it. I, I didn't see him. Uh, maybe what was that, the third or fourth round when, it, you know, Kovalev was kind of pouring it on. But I don't it's, think it's he was ever – yeah. yeah, I don't think he was ever like – hurt. I think he was just kind of, you know, but I think 
for Alvarez, it, they, they planned it that way. And at the point in the eighth, I think it was, when the fight finished, I, I said to a friend, I said, now, Kovalev is just doing what he has to do to keep him off of him at this point. And so it's only so long you can do that. And I'm talking about seconds later, boom, right hand. So if you go back and watch that fight in that round, Kovalev's like going backward and Alvarez is fully coming forward. And then I believe it was some point in the fight where Alvarez almost kissed him, you know and I mean? So I do believe that, you know, Alvarez was never hurt. He the fight was going as he planned. He planned, look, I'm going to take him deep, you know, and I'm going to let him, you know, I'm going to fight with him, and then I'm going to just dog him in the end. And I believe that was what he was planning for and that, what, what happened. You know, the, the wheels slowly come off the tracks with Kovalev after about five rounds. You can slowly start to see things starting. There's more bigger gaps defensively. The punches become more slappy. And uh, I didn't see a lot of power in me personally. And like I said, man, he's he's officially left the building. I believe he was his, you know, his, he's satisfied at this point in his career. He might as well retire because anybody who comes in there and is willing to sit down on the right hand real good, because he doesn't do it anymore. The the last two times we've seen him hurt with Andre Ward and Alvarez, this is two right hands these guys have been sat down on heavily. So. And he just can't take the body punishment. And I think when it's planned for Alvarez and his team, I believe this is kind of what they plan to do. I don't believe Sergey ever overwhelmed him or did anything at any point in the fight that they felt where they were losing, you know, their game plan. I believe it when it's planned. And I think Sergey should retire. Uh, yeah, it, it's definitely a question that had to be raised if the guy's going to be able to continue moving forward. Because as I mentioned, when we talked about the fight, this ain't no featherweight division. This ain't no, you know, lighter weight. This is light heavyweights, man. Guys are throwing bombs, and all it takes is one shot. And last night was a perfect example yesterday. And when you mentioned that part about him down there kissing Kovalev, I remember seeing that, like, he's weathering this. He's not in deeper water as people might think, especially the crowd. Exactly. When, when, when Kovalev was there, and I think uh, uh, I received a text from Seattle Times saying, he's weathering this power, and if he can, Kovalev's in trouble. And that's when Kovalev was putting it on him, and he definitely was weathering Kovalev's punching power. The power didn't seem to be there. And when people talk about Kovalev, you look at the fact that Kovalev isn't the most physically imposing type of guy. He doesn't have the biggest stature frame. He's a boxer puncher who, you know, happens to have some bricks in his hand. And for him not to be able to get rid of Alvarez yesterday, I mean, that's got to mess with him psychologically at the same time. When you're hitting a guy and you got him in trouble, as you think, and you're putting it on him and he's still there in front of you, that's got to mess with you psychologically a little, a little bit. And, um, you know, hey. One more thing, RC. Uh, one more thing. Um, I just and another thing. I thought like Kovalev got to be get back to being Kovalev. I think he's heard the whispers. You know, I've said many a times he doesn't have a lot of variety to his punches. He's too straight up and down, or it's just you know it's the the double jab and then the right hand is coming. And then last night you've seen I've seen so many hooks from this. I've never seen Kovalev throw this many hooks. I, maybe he was trying to throw around the guard of Alvarez, who did have, like, a high guard thing going a lot of times. But um, so many hooks from Kovalev, and I think and they didn't seem to have the power on him, man. 
So the old Kovalev, the crusher we all came to know, was a guy who came and, you know, he brought that right hand with emphasis. And I think he just had a concentrated effort last night of showing that he could, you know, have some variety to his punches, and I think it will kind of work against him. Yeah, definitely, because yesterday um, when Kovalev was doing his thing, you notice every time Kovalev, he wasn't just, you know, he wasn't pop-shotting. He wasn't just working off a jab. When Kovalev would throw punches, he would throw about three punches at a time in combinations is what you want to see from a fighter. But it looked like a poor motion of poetry in motion, if that makes any sense, because it seemed like he was just going back to his old bag of tricks that usually worked in the past. I mean, especially his last fight, um, uh, which which would be reason for that Kovalev would be such a favorite in this fight. But when it wasn't working, yeah, you talk about the limited bags of tricks that this guy has in his toolbox, and he wasn't able to count. He wasn't able to work off of it. And Kovalev taking that shot that he took, you seen the chin, you seen him you seen his chin as if he was shaking when he was getting up. You can only imagine the type of adrenaline rush that was going through, crowd going crazy, your body uh, uh, failing on you, your your mind spinning, you you got to be hearing that zing going on in your head, taking a shot that powerful because of a full-on flush right hand over the top, right on the temple. And Sergey Kovalev, to his credit, tried to fight through it, didn't fold. And, man, he went out like a G for sure, but, Knowing Sergey Kovalev, a guy who hasn't been in this kind of position before, you wonder about the direction of his career moving forward because, you know, those guys out there are looking at Kovalev like fresh fish on the lot because, as you mentioned, the ghost is gone. The ghost has been taken from him. The blueprint is out there. When you lost the ghost and a blueprint is out there for you, oh, man, these guys out there, they're not drinking vodka, poured up, being a dickhead to trainers like Sergey Kovalev, as John David Jackson had put out there. Sergey Kovalev is in some tough water right now. And I feel bad for the guy. After I seen it yesterday, it was just it was just shocking to me. See the way he went out, and as I mentioned, that second knockdown, straight left, eyes looking up at the ceiling, overhand right. He was done for after that first punch. And the way that it ended, it's just how could you I, – I can't see Kovalev coming back anytime soon within the next eight months. I know he probably would want to, but, man, with the blueprint out and the ghost being taken, whew, it's going to be hard for me to see Sergey Kovalev be in any sort of a competitive state with the guys in the top five, even though he definitely has a skill in the pop to him. The boogeyman mystique is gone. The Crusher persona, it's gone. It's going to be some tough sledding for Sergey Kovalev moving forward. Will it, I mean, JP's talking about he might have to hang it up, and I'm not opposed to that idea right now. Hopefully he's got his financially bag secured. But moving forward with the top guys in the division, does that sound like a plausible idea to just get out of this game right now and, and leave level-headed it as you can? Or do you think he has some sort of a – a type of way to get some redemption and possibly get a rematch down the road. Oh, no. As uh, what I was saying with Janelle, I don't think he can beat Alvarez. I don't think he can beat Bevo. These guys are just uh, Alvarez's. <clears throat> they're just 
I want to say young, but Alvarez is, isn't as young. They're just not as worn as him. You know, Bebo, he'll yeah. last as we see against Chalimba. And then uh, Badu Jack, he's not, you know, I think I think he's washed at this point. I think it's more of <clears throat> more of that the boogeyman mystique is gone. He doesn't want it anymore. He thinks he can do it his own way, you know. Um, like I said, we saw the crusher for about three or four rounds. Uh, I thought he looked pretty good for a little bit. Uh, but it won't last. So I think he should – I don't know if – I'll never – I mean, I say I never really say a man should retire, but I probably say this shit all the time. But do what he needs to do. I know I don't think he'll be fighting for any titles. If he does, it'll just be some uh, some easy weight. He's not beating these young guys coming up. Uh, he's done. So maybe he can be a gatekeeper. Maybe I don't know what his ends are looking like. Uh, you know, who knows? Ah. <sighs> Sad story. Sad story, man. Um, uh, Janelle, if you're still with us, the uh, idea of hanging it up, you're looking at that as a possibility, and Kovalev hopefully getting his bands together and uh, looking out for his family at the end of the day. Is that something that might be a possibility, or do you think that he could somehow overcome this, get a couple of of, uh, tune-up fights, maybe one or two, and try to possibly look at a rematch with this man, Alvarez, or should he just try to stay away from these cop dogs? Because the blueprint's out. And these boys are hitting hard, regardless of Alvarez is 34 years of age and only had about 13 knockouts before yesterday. You look at this guy's frame and the way that these guys are throwing hands. He's a light heavyweight at the end of the day. And these guys, if they catch you with something, you're going to be in deep water just like Kovalev was last night. Me? Hello? Yes, sir, Janelle. We're going to you. Well, um... Like I said, man, it's hard to say the guy's done. I guess Alvarez is not a power puncher, but at the end of the day, if you hit the guy in the right spot, it's going to do some damage. You know what I mean? It's like it is what it is. And, and again, the guy invested in the body. Man, you got to invest in the body. Kovalev can't take body shots well. I've heard of those rumors in training camp about how John Jackson, who's, who's 50-plus years old, was sparring Kovalev, actually hurt him to the body. You know I mean, this is an old man, well past his prime, well past his fighting days, but still hurting a prime Kovalev to the body and sparring. Is that the guy just can't take power? I mean, he can't take him to the body. I mean, and, and once that body goes, the head goes. So it's like it is what it is. But like I said, I really think that not everyone out there could really take the chances against Kovalev the way the Alvarez and Word did. Not everyone's going to do that, and you got to. You got to get inside on Kovalev and bang away at his body. But a lot of people can't get past that right hand. It lands, it can do some damage. I mean, he got two knockout losses. I mean, it's what it is. This is boxing. I mean, you can't say that off of two losses, two KO losses, the guy are completely done. It's just hard to say that, man. It's just hard for, it's just hard for me to say that. Yes, the blueprint is out, but I don't think he's complete, completely done. No, I'm with you, man. And like, like I know, I know you've been in the fight game as well. I wouldn't want to say that about you if something like that had happened. But I'm just saying, when it comes to the, um, the level of competition, I mean, at the light heavyweight division of being that these guys pack some bombs, and as we seen last night, a guy with who doesn't really show knockout power, put on, looking like a knockout monster on display yesterday. It's going to be hard for Sergey Kovalev to try to get past this, especially when everybody is licking their chops if they could get a big name like Kovalev under their belt, you know? I see what you're saying. 
I see what you're saying. Yeah, um, let's see what the future holds, man. Well, no, definitely, definitely, we'll see what it holds, what it holds up. Um, Janelle, JP, hang on with us. We're gonna uh, we're gonna change directions here. Hopefully, Kovalev can make the right decision moving forward and see what happens for the rest of his career. Um, it, it, get your bands up if you can, man. So he definitely has a name to do to do that. Um, but on the undercard of that fight yesterday, D. Willer, we've seen young Dimitri Bivol, a guy who is getting a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, acknowledgement from the boxing world, being a young killer, especially after that uh, impressive stoppage over Sullivan Barrera, his last outing. Yesterday, I thought he was going to go to the cards. And that's exactly what happened. It looked like early in the fight, he might have been able to get him out of there from some of the punches he was landing. Because this kid throws bombs, and he has an awkward style as far as his posture goes. You know, they were throwing out the fact that people were not able to land double-digit punches in one round on Dimitri Bivol for, uh, what was it, 20-something consecutive rounds leading back to a year or two ago for Dimitri Bivol. Um, now, this guy, people put out some kind of crazy statements out there, like he's a Ruslan Provotnikov with defense and things like that from some of the social media sites I've been seeing on the handle. Kind of let that go. Don't see him being uh, as reckless as a guy like Ruslan Provotnikov offensively, but he definitely is able to keep sharpness on defense. As I mentioned, he has an awkward style, a little bit in-and-out posture, up-and-down movement, uh, hands up, hands down, parry jabs, and does a very good job when hooks are coming. Dimitri Bivol looks like he can be the next Russian monster. Now, against his opposition yesterday, it was definitely going to be tough. Um, because uh, we, we've seen Sergey Kovalev go 12 with this man after putting him down in the first or second round. I'm not very sure, but um, it was a, a a tough outing for sure. And he was definitely able to get some rounds in him and give him some good work. And, I mean, um, Chalembo is a tough customer, man. You know, Ruslan had his, uh, or excuse me, a, uh, Kovalev had his uh, a fight in Russia against Chalemba, which was supposed to be some sort of an execution, and ended up going 12 rounds. And I expected him to go 12 rounds with Dimitri Bivol yesterday. Took a lot of shots and gave Bivol some shots, but Dimitri Bivol, this young dude, shows he can take some shots and he can dish them out, and he does a very good job defensively. I know some people think that yesterday he showed a little bit of a uh, – he showed a lack of that killer instinct and, and seemed a little hesitant at times. But at the same time, as I mentioned about the division and anybody packing a punch that could change the direction of a fight at any given time, that did not happen yesterday by being allowed from a lazy, lackluster defense from Dimitri Bivol. Young guy might be the next Russian dude on top. And he was one of the glorified Russian fighters in the Olympics. He was the man. He didn't come to America like Sergey Kovalev and, and kind of earn this uh, this tough guy crusher mystique like Sergey Kovalev had to the hard way. Bivol was the decorated, glorified champion from Mother Russia, and the young guy with little belt with with, with little bouts under his belt got another W yesterday, and. 
from me, I'm going to give him a B plus on his performance because I liked what I seen from him yesterday. I've seen some of the critique over social media. I didn't have that much to critique from. But Dimitri Bivol yesterday, his, uh, his style is very unique and very basic at the same time, if that makes any sense. But the kid can definitely, he's definitely got a lot of skills to him. He's not your flashing pan type of a Russian idiot who's going to come forward and try to knock you out. You know what I'm saying? So um, I like what this guy is doing. I like this kid's style. And I like the way this kid punches. Um, I just think that before people critique Bebo for not getting Chalemba out of there, you got to give Chalemba credit for being one tough son bitch to be able to hang in that fight. Well, uh, on the undercard for that, I know that the Devin Alexander-Andre Berto fight was probably in its eighth round on the main event at Fox. But I had to switch over to HBO and check out what young Demetri Bivol is doing because he's not a fighter that's up in his 30s making waves on Fox Network. I had to see what this young guy is doing because I'm a fan of the young dude. And what I seen yesterday was a fighter who can work the body and get you up top and who's got pretty good defense on him at the same time. What was your thoughts about the performance yesterday from young Demetri Bivol? Opposite of you, I uh, decided to take in the Berto uh, Alexander fight just because, you know, I know a little more about these guys, more vested in these guys. But I changed the B bowl And what, what I saw him, uh, what I did see, and then I, I watched the, I, I watched it. Um, I did record it and watch it over again. <clears throat> what I noticed from him is that what I saw is, you know, he looked good for a little bit, looked real good. Then he started beating up Jim. Remember, I think he probably won every almost every round, if not every round, right? But I think so. at the end he started getting hit. At the end, it started seem like what I wanted to say was that okay, you know, you keep on calling him a a kid, and that's what we that's what he looks like. He looks like a young kid out there, and that's what I was thinking. Like you know, he's not he doesn't have his man strength yet. That's what it looks like. You know, Chalimba just got out there, even though he's only like 31, he got out there. He just looked stronger at the end. He didn't look better. He just looked like the, the, the sturdier guy. He just out there just getting throwing shots. He was hitting them at the end, end of the fight. Um, so just saw a guy that looked young, but he's 27 years old. So is that, is that young? I guess at light heavyweight, which is being, you know, that's around, you know, that's like real, you know, real guy size. About that time, you're, you're, throwing, you're throwing hard punches. And I guess around that, I guess he might in a couple of years get a little stronger. But what, what I saw, which he's lucky, that Cope, that the, the old crusher is gone, as, that the, uh, like, the, uh, like the, the OG used to say, the ghost is gone, right? He gave up the ghost. So, what we saw is that guy couldn't handle uh, a prime Kovalev at this point in time. Um, not at all. He looked a little too just, like I said, it's just something like he just doesn't have, like he's not a grown man yet, but at 27, should he be a grown man? I don't know. 
I think he's still growing. He's still got a growing up to do. So maybe we can still call him a kid. But again, he's 27 years old. So is he, you know, is he a kid? He, yeah, the, he the did what he was supposed to do. He looked good. He looked real good in there, but it was like he just didn't have that power. You know, he just didn't have that that strength that he needed. He had everything else. Just didn't look like. Uh, but Chalimba ain't going out. I guess he he got he did a RTD uh, the fight before last. So uh, you know, I don't know about. I didn't watch that one. But besides that, Kovalev didn't knock him out. Alvarez didn't knock him out. Uh, Butte, I mean not Butte. What's the guy's name? Uh, the uh, guy that was on uh, Apollo or whatever. He didn't knock him out, but it was uh, yeah. I give him a, I give him like you said a B plus, B minus. I give him a B B plus because he looked good. What he was doing looked good. He got hit a few more times than I would like to like to see, but you know he was in there with a tough guy. But I thought he should have been able to get. At least hurt hurt him a little more than that. But maybe just that tough African is just a tough African. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, definitely. And the reason when we talk about uh, when I talk about him being a young fighter, you know, yesterday was his 14th professional bout, so um, he doesn't have a lot of the a lot of the experience that some of these fighters have when they're supposed to be in fights like he was in, especially against Sullivan Barrera. Sullivan Barrera. Really, t- really tough customer as far as what kind of skills he possesses and the power at the same time. Um, getting him out was a very impressive, impressive look. And I just didn't see Chalemba going out looking at the lights or getting stopped. He's a he's a tough dude, man. And I think that that sometimes some of this shit gets undermined about that. So um, much respect to much respect to Chalemba and what he was able to hold off on and doing what he did, but. Uh, Bivol gets his 14th W, and we'll see how he moves along going forward. But um, I definitely think that moving along, he can uh, definitely look at some of these guys moving forward, especially like uh, a guy like Stevenson getting up there in age. Stevenson took a look like he Stevenson took enough of a beating to where I cannot be confident in that guy going against any guy who has some pop to their punches, especially. Uh, the way he looked against Badu Jack his last outing. Um, Elier Alvarez coming off that big win last night, 34 years of age. Dimitri Bivol might be able to make some waves with that guy. We'll see. <clears throat> Nonetheless, man, let's 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 uh, swing it around to the fight that was the main event on Fox which I had to switch over and see what the outcome was afterwards. Got the Kovalev fight wrong. Got the Bevo fight right. And got the Alexander Berto fight wrong. Early in this fight, Berto got dropped. A huge, huge left hand to the face, man. Right down the pipe on the money. And Andre Berto style of Devin Alexander was going to be a problem for him. We knew what kind of fight it was going to be because the way Devin Alexander fights and Andre Berto definitely has that fast twitch to him. Very good physique. Stays in shape. Got some snaps. But I just didn't think that Andre Berto was going to be able to pull it out. Nonetheless, it turned out to be a split decision. When the, fights were, when the fight was getting uh, 
announced of who was the winner. Both gentlemen had their hands raised as they thought that they both won the fight. Come to find out, Andre Berto gets a split decision over Devin Alexander. 34 years of age himself, Andre Berto, opposed to 31 years of age of Devin Alexander. You wonder what's next. Andre Berto, could he possibly be an opponent for Keith Thurman coming back? It's a possibility. Devin Alexander, does he lose a lot from losing that fight? Not really. Both these guys are somewhat in a similar position where they're kind of swimming with sharks and you just try to hope to stay away from the great white. But yesterday, I was chilling watching it. Seemed like a pretty entertaining fight. As I mentioned on Wednesday's midweek show that Willa hosts, I was like, these, these fighters aren't the greatest of fighters in the upper echelon, but they definitely had a chance to be, um, be able to put up an entertaining fight. And I think it was an okay fight watching it yesterday, even though I had to switch to see Dimitri Bivol. That's no disrespect to these guys. It's just the way the fight was going. I did not see it stopping or any kind of on pins and needles watching this fight. Worked by both these fighters, and Andre Berto had a little bit more dog in him than Devin Alexander was able to pull it off. Hats off to Andre Berto. Didn't think he could do it, but he pulled it out. And I don't think that there was any controversy in the decision that was made for one Andre the Beast Berto. What are your take on this fight yesterday? Were you surprised about the outcome? Um, I, I, I picked Alexander uh, by, I might have said, decision. I can't remember, but I know I had Alexander. But uh, we forget that Berto is the dog. That's what that's what he brings to the table. Um, we saw him get dropped early, but he kept on fighting. I still had Alexander winning. Like, uh, I think I had him winning seven another round plus one, you know, with the knockdown. Uh, but there were some close rounds. So I'm not 100% sure. You know, I you know, I think I think this is a good setup for uh for Thurman to make have a fight then fight Berto. Uh, you know, that's sort of a big name. I think that's a setup setting up Berto for a good money fight. Uh I'm I'm not really mad at the decision even though I had uh Alexander where I think he just he won most of the of uh, the beginning rounds. He faded, and but I think he won one of the later rounds just to to seal it. But it was a close fight. It was a good fight. Um, I am, uh, yeah. I was I wasn't surprised as the fight kept on going. You know, you say to yourself, "Yeah, this is what Berto does." Okay, this is what Alexander does. We should have seen this coming. But it was a good fight. I thought it was a pretty good fight. Both guys showed that they didn't want to uh, give up, and I don't think either of them should. I think they should keep on going. So we'll see what's happening. Yeah, definitely whoever wants to get a, a fight next up in line. Um, Berto having the cachet of coming off this top, this win against uh, Devin Alexander could definitely, um, if not line himself up with a comeback potential fight for Keith Thurman, I think that maybe – he could be up next for a guy like Terrence Bud Crawford, who most likely is not going to get a fight with Spence right now and most likely not going to get a fight with the shark in the water, Mikey Garcia, who likes to travel from different weight classes. Um, 
so that might be the, the next opportunity for both those guys. Um, Janelle, are, are you still with us? And um, if you're able to check out that fight yesterday, were you a little bit surprised at the way the outcome was or any kind of the way that the fight went? Because it was uh, pretty much a fight that I kind of expected to see from both fighters, minus the, the knockdown that Devin Alexander was able to get early in the fight. Yeah, I, I mean, well, yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with you on that. But I think Berto and Thurman is more marketable also. And uh, and that's the fight I think that, that, that these um are looking forward to, you know. It's a way to get Thurman back into the mix. Um, I mean, the fight, I mean, it was what we got, man. I didn't really see too much in, in either guy for years now. But, again, this is a good fight to get uh, Thurman back into the mix. So it is what it is. And, of course, they want to uh, try to build even a three-way dance between Thurman, Spence, and Crawford because that's a serious buzz right now at 147. So, uh, you know. Yeah, 147 definitely has guys that are in the mix. I mean, I wish Keith Thurman was active right now because, you know, we got Spence, we got Bud Crawford. We got Mikey Garcia talking about fighting guys at 147. You still can't forget about Garcia, Porter. You still got guys in the mix to where 147 is still probably, um, you know, we know the heavyweight division stacked, but that might be top heavy. Um, but when you look at 147 in the welterweight division, is always the most exciting division when it comes to the mixture of speed, power that these guys obtain. So um, hopefully we can get Keith Thurman back. Don't know where he's been. Um, seen photos of him as of recent. He doesn't look to be in the greatest of shape, just judging by the man boobs that I've seen. Um, but we know what time it is when it comes to the man getting a six-week camp and being able to get back into the prime shape that we know it can be. Um, Keith Thurman is definitely a problem. Um, if he could come back um, any way that he was before he got that W over Danny Garcia. And, um, hey, he's just a guy you can't forget about. And I think a good pick-me-up fight would be for Keith Thurman to get in there with a guy like Andre Berto. So, um, you know, um, we'll definitely have to see how that one goes. But um, moving along, we've seen Money Mayweather in the building on the undercard beforehand. Not before that fight because they had a little showcase with the MMA guy. Um in the previous fight, it was it was funny. I, I was watching it, and I was just like, why on earth do they have young Joey Spencer, a pro boxer from Linden, being 4-0 or 3-0 at the time, a part of the U.S. team, nine-time national champion, Joey D. Spencer on social media, for those who are wondering. Um, he was on the undercard before this fight, made easy work of a guy that's not even notable we're talking about because let alone how that fight was sanctioned, a man being given that position with three days' notice with that bad a skill, it was embarrassing. I don't want to watch it. Um, oh, I want to watch it. Excellent showing, excellent showing by Joey Spencer. We're not going to sit here and let this guy, R.C., down one of our uh, one of our Olympic guys, all right? This guy came out here. He's 4-0. What do you want them to do? They want to get them out there, show show the people what uh what this guy's all about. Perfect timing, perfect strategy by uh 
by PBC. Nobody knows that this guy only has three days' notice. There was no reason to even bring that up, uh, besides the hate that you have. You obviously have for this guy. But uh, besides that, uh, he, he did a good job, A-plus on that. I wanted to see that. I'm very interested in this young man from uh, Linden, Michigan. Stop the hate. Not me. I, I'm not hating on the guy. I, I mean, I follow him on social media, and I was I wanted to see a fight. And just just looking at the the posture defensively of this MMA fighter and the, the way that his punches were being thrown, it was embarrassing. That fight should not have been sanctioned. It was a complete joke. Like, I mean, that guy that guy could have got a grown man in there with a kid. It was a grown man in there with the kid for his first fight, and the grown man got washed. It is what it is. That's not that's not really a joke out there, man. It's a joke, Willa. I would have beat the fuck out that guy given two weeks training. I guarantee it. That was a joke of a fight. Whoever sanctioned, whoever hey, sanctioned that middle, fight, the way right? that guy was Hey, he was the way that guy was throwing punches, it was a joke. That guy, I would never ever get touched by a guy throwing punches like that, I guarantee it. It was just embarrassing. I was like, man, this is a complete joke. You got a kid and Joey Spencer who's just on another class, another level. I mean, golly, I've seen women boxers. Michaela Mayer, my girl would have beat the shit out that man yesterday. And I'm not playing. If it was an intergender matchup... Michaela Mayer would have beat the fuck out that guy yesterday, and I put good money on it. She throwing way better. Dude, the way this guy's throwing punches, it looked like he was playing patty cake. Come on, man. That guy, it was embarrassing. I felt bad watching that fight yesterday. Whoever sanctioned that fight, shame on you, man. I don't know how you look yourself in the mirror to put a guy in the ring with a young killer like Joey Spencer because he was even in the Philly show defensively just as he noticed Mayweather was there. He was showing off real good. These pops, shots to the body, it's a matter of time, man. This guy could have got seriously hurt yesterday. You don't want to. Oh, you like what you saw. Oh. You said showing off real good. Okay. I see you see the hate. You were talking with the hate, but then the truth came out. You let everybody know that he was showing off real good, that you like, that he's a young killer, and you like what you saw. So I think How could you not show off? Little four rounds. Little four rounds. How could you not show off? I mean, come on, man. How could you not show off with a guy who looks like shit like that? That guy was an absolute joke. Did not belong in the boxing ring whatsoever. It was an embarrassment to anybody who who signed off on it. I think he might give you that work, dog. He's a trained fighter. Don't disrespect him like that, dog. It was a grown man at 27 fighting that little young guy. And he got that work, sometimes He was two two and four, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's all right. This is fourth fight. He's just get, he's just putting me in. You don't want to have him in a tough fight his first time on uh on live TV. You know what I'm saying? You want to we want people to say, oh, ooh, okay, we see what's going on here. We like this guy. Great strategy. He did excellent job. He did what he was supposed to do. And uh, there's a lot of young fighters coming up, and I like and I like that. It's uh it's good for the game, and that PBC is doing the right thing. You can't say that, Willard. You cannot possibly defend this 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 sanction that was given yesterday for Joey Spencer. Like I, you said, I was hating on the guy. I was not hating on the guy. I like Joey Spencer. What I seen from him yesterday, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of his work. But I'm just saying the the opposition lackluster level that was put in front of him 
I, I look, Willis. I might say some outlandish things on this show, and I might have said some outlandish things on the previous show a lot of times, but I am serious. Promise to God when I say I think Michaela Mayer would beat the fuck out that guy who was the opposition yesterday. Notice I call him that guy because I can't even remember his name yesterday. I did not want to remember his name yesterday. He was a fucking bum, a MMA guy going into boxing. No disrespect to the MMA guys. If you look at a, a guy who was on pay-per-view yesterday, didn't look great, looked bad, actually, and Cody Garbrandt, who was a boxer before, made some waves in MMA with his hand skills, similar to Conor McGregor, a different level of hand skills on these guys in, in mixed martial arts. But when, that, when, it, when it came into the fight yesterday, you had a guy in a karate stance from the top of the man's fucking head. What are you doing? Joey Spencer, that was lunch meat. That was easy money. That must have been the funnest time of his career yesterday. It ain't going to get no more funner than that. But much respect to Joey Spencer. Hey, you do what you had to do, young fella, and I'm not mad at it. Matter of fact, I would give my fucking advisor a raise for getting me in a fight like that, making me look that good. But whoever signed off and sanctioned that fight, shame on you. Shame on you. Because Michaela Mayer would have beat the shit out that man in similar fashion given a four-round bout against this MMA guy. And that's all I got to say about that because it was a complete joke. But that was the undercard. And hats off to Spencer for doing what he did. He looked really good out there. But how could you not? Anyways. God, that was a joke. What a fucking complete joke that was. A shit show of a fight. Can't believe that shit was the main event on Fox. Shame on them. But I guess... <laughs> the pre-show to the pre-main, pre-co-main between Peter Kid Chocolate Quillen against Jay Leon Love. Floyd Mayweather was in the building with the Mayweather cam. And as I expected, Peter Quillen was going to make easy work of Kid Chocolate. Peter Quillen going through some family issues being a FaceTime father, as they mentioned on the telecast. He looked like he had that hunger in him yesterday. Looked really good. Talking a lot of shit in the ring and out the ring to Floyd Mayweather. Floyd trying to give advice to Jay Leon Love and Peter Quillen looking at Floyd saying, yeah, I'm doing that. Your fighter's not. Peter Quillen looked good yesterday. Um, Dog Jay Leon Love all night. And the funny thing about that fight was, towards the end, Jalen Love was pretty much running that whole last round because he thought he was winning the fight, (laughs) which is a complete joke because he was getting his ass beat the whole fight. And when they announced the winner of the fight, he seemed shocked. Not only that, when the fight was over, as soon as that bell rang, Jamie on Love is talking to Peter Quillen like if he's sunning him. I was wondering, why are you talking to a guy giving that much, which looked to be giving that much respect to a guy as if you're talking down to him because of the body language response from Peter Quillen was like, man, why are you talking to me like this, man? I'm over here. I'd have whooped your ass. Like, it was just an awkward look because Peter Quillen clearly beat the shit out of him for 12 rounds. 
10 rounds, I'm sorry, 10 rounds. It was a 10-round fight. And Jalen Love really thought that he won that fight. Now, towards the 12th round, at the end when he's running, you had Sean Porter and Robert Grell on commentary talking about the only reason he could be running right now is either he's trying to set a trap or he thinks that he won the fight, which I, that can't be what he's doing because there's no way in hell he's winning this fight. But I guess he really did think he won that fight because he wasn't setting no traps. And when their fight, the, the winner got announced, he seemed pissed off. Nonetheless, Peter Quillen was throwing chocolate to the crowd. And he looked good yesterday. He looked good. I was glad to see that he did not completely give up the ghost by being such a hesitant fighter as he's shown in his last fight after taking that L to Danny Jacobs in the first round. Peter Quillen, there's no shame in losing to a guy like Danny Jacobs. And yesterday, he looked hungry again. He looked like he fought with a lot of purpose. And I'm sorry. I cannot pick a guy to win a fight who got you know, damn near taken out on a stretcher by a guy like Porky Medina. I just can't do it. Let alone, I can't go for a guy who's got fucking wing tattoos on his back. I can't do it. It's not going down. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Remember Mike Singletary when he used to coach the 49ers? Talking about, I want winners. And when you got selfish players on your team like Vernon Davis was at the time, cannot play with him, cannot coach with him, can't do it. That's how I feel about fighters who got wings tattooed on their fucking back. I feel like that's a female tattoo. Jalen Love had some promise to him when Floyd got him before the Porky Medina fight. And give him credit, he was winning that fight before he got taken out on a stretcher damn near with his legs twitching. But if I'm Jay Leon Love, I'm getting rid of my fucking corner if he's telling me that I was winning that fight and ended up leading me to a disappointment when I heard the winner game being announced being won Peter Quillen, Kid Chocolate Quillen. I can't do it. Willa, that fight yesterday was easy work for Peter Quillen. And for Jay Leon Love to be disappointed here in the outcome, I'm getting rid of my fucking corner. Um was a good fight to get things warmed up because the fight started at 4.30 and we're getting ready, or from my side, it was at 4.30. Getting ready for the fight to start at HBO on 7. So it was a good, was a good uh, warm-up, get me going for boxing yesterday. And I was really impressed with Peter Quillen yesterday. I'm going to give him a B-plus in itself. I'm not giving him an A. He looked good. At sometimes he was just a little bit too lackluster. Um, maybe he didn't respect the punching power whatsoever of Jan Leon Love. But he looked good yesterday, and uh, I think he really put a nail in the coffin for a guy like Jay Leon Love because moving forward, you know, he can't even be considered a gatekeeper. He's just a guy on Floyd Mayweather stable who hasn't looked good. And Peter Chocolate, uh, hey, moving forward, hopefully he can get his life back in the right direction and maybe, you know, get himself in contention for some pretty good fights. What was your thoughts on the performance yesterday from Peter Quillen? Well, um, Damian Love, uh, 
he expects us to believe that he really thought he was uh, winning that fight. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. Uh, he didn't want. He was catching them bombs, and he started running, fighting every now and then just to just to uh, save face. Peter Quill was throwing, throwing some big shots, and yep. Xavier Love felt it early. And I think he just shelled up. I mean, that's pretty much how it went. He shelled up. He knew he was losing. His corner wasn't telling him that. Well, we could, we didn't hear any of it, but I'm 100% yep. sure his corner wasn't telling him that. He was acting like he won. That was crazy that he was acting like he was sending them. And Peter Quill was looking around like, what's up? Yeah. Yeah, you uh, noticed that? <laughs> he was like, you know, yeah, I know. Like, yeah. he's like, you're a good young fighter. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's the Davion Love. I think he's probably yeah. He he has a fought a twelve round fight, and that's where he'll be. He's not really. I don't think he's done because he didn't get beat up and and the guy and 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 uh, Quillen was just seemed like he was way bigger and just stronger than him. And it's not that he wasn't a better boxer. He was just too small and too fragile for Peter Quillen's power. So uh, you know. He might still can fight somebody some more ten rounders on some PBCs here and there, make a better fight. But uh, as far as Quillen, um, I thought he would get love out of there. He looked better than I thought he was going to look. Um, he looked hungry. I thought the opposite was going to happen. They was going to come in flabby, looking like he didn't really want it, but it looked like he wanted it. He looked good. He was getting hit a lot. Um, I don't know if he's. Uh, if he's back in that uh, in that division yet, but we'll see where he goes. Uh, that was a good win, good ten rounder. He can get uh, love out of there. Who was, but he was basically running for the last four rounds. So we'll uh, we'll see what's up with both of these guys. Um, I'm not expecting too much from either one. Yep, yep, I'm with you, man. I feel you. It was um, you know Peter Quillen. Uh, before the Jacobs fight, when we talked about it on OTG, I was like, you know, um, I, I was definitely leaning towards Jacob in that fight. But, you know, Peter Quillen, he definitely has some skill. And he is a good boxer when it comes down to it. Yesterday he had Jaylen Love hurt. And you can tell he's not a, a, a stupid boxer going to open himself up. He's a, he still has a, a good technique to him, and he has some power to him, has some pop. And, and uh, it definitely showed yesterday as Jaylen Love could not figure out the puzzle at all for 10 rounds. And thinking that he won the fight was a, a, a comedic sketch for me, but uh, somewhat of a comedic sketch, which I found coming from people on boxing forums that I had shared yesterday, made a lot of noise. Um, for me, I felt bad for the guy, you know, because I'm team men, and for the most part. I am I am carrying the flagship for the women's evolution in boxing because they're starting to make some waves. Michaela Mayer's got her fight coming up soon, and I'm one of her biggest fans because of the style, the looks, the size, technique, charisma, all that. But when it comes to some of these hoes, I got to put them on blast, man. I got to. I can't. I can't let him get away with it. I felt bad yesterday, Willa, for my man, 
Dr. Steelhammer, Vladimir Klitschko, who, coming off retirement, getting knocked out by Anthony Joshua, you know, seemed like he kept himself in good spirits when he met AJ a couple months ago, shaking hands, look good, look good, shape, staying in shape. Always a fan of Vladimir Klitschko. And yesterday, I was hanging out, and I seen my man Robert Littell at BSO on Twitter, Black Sports Online, one of the most credible sources of of media out there. I seen my man post something yesterday that bothered me a little bit. Now, when Robert Littell posts something, he's got a lot of inside sources, and his credibility is never to be questioned, in which I've learned over the years. He posted that. Hayden Panateri, the woman that's been with Vladimir Klitschko over the last nine years, broke up with Vladimir Klitschko to be with some new young stud in Los Angeles and leaving their new babies with Vladimir Klitschko at home. He's a former heavyweight champion for 10 years. He ain't no fucking babysitter. Now, we don't ever really bring news like this to the podcast. But for Vladimir Klitschko, he took a black eye out the sport yesterday. And it, it, it just is unfortunate for a guy who's a good guy not like he was Adrian Broner out wilding out. And his woman, if she were to leave him, you'd be like, oh, well, you know, Broner's out there wilding, and that's expected. But Vladimir Klitschko is one of the good guys in the sport, and once he retired, it seemed like he was able to give her all the time she needed. That's how one would look at it. On the other hand, he's a lot older than her. And... The way I look at it is the hoe looked at it from out of the limelight, out of my life. And that's just unfortunate for Vladimir Klitschko. Condolences to the Dr. Steel Hammer out there. Ah. Willa, these little hoes ain't loyal. And she moved on real quick as soon as Vladimir Klitschko got out the limelight. I feel bad for the guy. Any advice you got for one? Vladimir Klitschko moving forward as he is home right now on baby duties while his girl Hayden Penitentiary is out wilding in, in Southern California right now. Now, I used to think she was bad. I was like, that's a cute little little white girl. But now I'm looking at her like, ugh. I'll stay away from that one. Even Nino Cella could comment it on the underground boxing page that Vladimir Klitschko could do something better. Because that girl's got a lot of problems. And for a girl, I mean, I don't know what's worse. Getting left and the baby leaving as well, or getting left and the girl leaving you with the baby, man. Cold-blooded, cold world. Any advice you got for Vladimir Klitschko moving forward is it looks like he took his biggest L of his career via social media yesterday and photos being put out that his woman already moved on. With another guy, man. Willa, the floor is yours. Oh man, I uh what I would say to 
to Vladimir. Just keep his head up. He's got he's got his kid. That's the most important thing. Uh, the money. You've got the money. They weren't. Uh, she left, right? So hopefully, who knows how they do it in Russia? But I'm sure. I don't know how it works. We'll see how. I'm sure he'll be able to keep his money wherever the hell he is. Do his thing. He'll be all right. Get him a uh, get him something a little more his age, a little more his speed, and raise his kids. That was a he probably won at the end end of the day. So seems like an L, but it's probably a W. That's a that's a that's a sad one, man. Because I was a fan of Vladimir Klitschko, going to see that. I'm Team Men. I'm team men. And I always give the woman the benefit of the doubt. Shit, we seen in the news previously outside of boxing that Blake Griffin is going to have to give his girl damn near $3 million a year on child support. I don't know how the fuck that works. It ain't right. It ain't right. Pretty sure I'm not going to see $3 million put into the kid for one year. You know, um, we had a we had a fight that's been brewing that we've been talking about. Well, I, I emailed you the clip. I don't know if you got it on there for us, but it was about Tyson Fury talking about how real men get stuff done, and allegedly the fight is ninety nine percent done between Deontay Wilder. And Tyson Fury, do you have that clip for us, Willow, or I can load this one up over here? Uh, let me make sure. It looks like it's a little longer than than the one I say. Let's see what this one is. The Pianetta fight, what do you want to show the fans in that one? I want to show them what color his teeth are on the canvas. And obviously a lot has been made of, of Wilder, yourself, on social media. You've been talking up this fight, promising us it is going to happen this year. I mean, how close is it? It's um, 99% done, as far as I'm concerned. There's no, uh, there's no arguments over money, splits, promoters, nothing. It's how real men do it. We do the business, straight to it. No messing around. No hiding from the big fights. If you're good enough, you're good enough. And if you're not, forget about it. Go home. Is that a message to Anthony Joshua? Because his team have been confident of getting this fight, and it just I seems no to go far from what they are. They're a pack of bums, fighting old men, short men. No good men. He had the challenge from Deontay Wilder. He was offered 80 million to go to the United States, but he refused and offered to, to fight for Beckin instead. So that, in my opinion, is a bum. So, Wilder fight by then. <laughs> Does this mean we're going to? Are we going to see yourself and Wilder? He's a chicken. He's got no guts. He didn't want to fight Deontay Wilder, so he took me, the Gypsy King, to step in. What? They say styles make fights. Yeah. What what happens when you and Wilder get in the ring? What happens? I outbox him and then I stop him. He never fought anybody like me. Ever. None of them have. Do you think then that Joshua will be wanting to get in the ring with you? <sighs> Dream on. They don't want to fight me. They're too afraid. They're, uh, they don't want to fight Wilder. They don't want to fight me. I told you, they're all bums. They don't want to fight anybody who can fight back. But what the Joshua camp have said publicly, and Joshua, he wants to be top dog, he wants to fight the best, he wants oh, to hold no, all the belts. to me then, don't they? Because I'm the lineal heavyweight champion, so if he wants to be the best, he's got to beat the best. So, in your heart of hearts, do you think that fight will ever happen? I don't think it'll ever happen, because they've got no, no guts to take a fight with a real man. A man who ain't 45 year old. Look at his next opponent, 40 year old. 
to. I'm bigger than him. I'm heavier than him. I've got more speed than him. I've got a ten times better boxing brain than him. He can't beat me in a million years. None of them can. They're all bums. So how far? They are all bums. And he put the shot out there for Anthony Joshua and all those AJ protectors. This is how real men get shit done. We don't worry about venue. We don't worry about money. Let's get this signed. He said it's 99% done, Willa. And I was thinking that this is probably a dangerous fight for Deontay Wilder to take. But if we're going off of Tyson Fury, who has never been a guy afraid to get into the lion's den, whether if it was him going to fight Klitschko in Germany, or maybe even, I dare say, I say, fight Wilder in the U.S. or Wilder fight him in the U.K., 99% done, and I am buying it. I think that this fight is going to happen, and it seems like it has two guys who aren't afraid to challenge themselves, like Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. What's your thoughts on this, man? It's 99% done. Are we going to see this fight in December or November is what it's looking like, Willa? Because I'm buying in and saying yes. Hey, man, I was just saying we weren't, but it seems like both sides are talking about it. Uh, hey, I'm uh, I'm excited for that fight. Yeah, I'm uh, like, yeah, I'm very excited. Looking forward to seeing them both to get at it, see who's the be- who the best is. Like we say, uh, the lineal the lineal champ probably still is Fury. So, you know, being able to beat the man is a good step. I didn't think it was going to happen if I was. Um, on some business stuff, I probably wouldn't do it. But if Wilder wants to fight and he wants to make it happen, wants to get paid, hey, more power to him. So, yeah, hopefully it happens this year. That's a pretty big fight. Oh, yeah, much respect, man. It it, it definitely has the build-up to be um, (laughs) – man, we're talking about some McGregor Mayweather type to see leading up. And I'm all for that because Tyson Fury is one of the most charismatic figures in all of boxing. And at the end of the day, he is the man who beat the man. And I think beating the man is more prestigious than picking up a vacant title or beating Charles Martin or beating Joseph Parker Anthony Joshua don't got that same cachet that Tyson Fury has for beating Vladimir Klitschko, the man who was the champ for 10 years, and taking all his belts, singing a song, and walking out the man in the heavyweight division, no matter what circumstances followed up after. But, folks, we got eight minutes before we get out of here. And speaking of a song, we had a retirement this week of one Lucas Matisse, Willa, the way the sound's going to be coming over my side, you can text me and let me know if it's a little too much, but I think I got it at the right angle. Um, it was kind of expected after what we've seen. And this is an RIP to Argentina fighters because they're all gone. Narcos Maidana living his best life off Floyd Mayweather money. And Lucas Matisse got himself two milli off a Pacquiao fighter, which he got dropped twice on. So outside his boxing podcast family, worldwide, allow us to say our goodbyes to one Lucas Matisse. How do I say goodbye 
Lucas Matisse. You were the machine. You were the one of the baddest men to be at 140. You even got on the Mayweather sweepstakes of being on the undercard fighting Danny Garcia in which everybody thought you were going to decapitate the young man from Philly. You knocked the fuck out Lamont Peterson and looked like a world beater when you did it. Heavy-handed. Picked up by Golden Boy Promotions. Expected by many to knock out an old Manny Pacquiao. Give up a better fight than you did. But the wheels started to fall off when Danny Garcia lumped your ass up. And when I was at the StubHub attendance watching Victor Postal make you quit, no mind. No me hablas así porque yo no entiendo. No más. I don't want to hear no excuses. This is a fight game and it's a nasty game. But you made one hell of a career for being a limited fighter built on a tough guy mystique. Lucas La Máquina Matisse. How do I say goodbye? Willa? Any words you got to say on Lucas Matisse to send him off into the sunset and wish him his best in his endeavors? Hey, just want to say, hey, man, great career. You got to some good fight. Might not have been the best, but you gave it your best most of the time. Well, most of the time, you took those knees. Quick. But besides that, so, RIP Lucas Matisse. <sighs> it's a long and ugly road in this sport of boxing. And he made a lot out of it. Goodbye, Lucas Matisse. Wish you the best in your endeavors. <clears throat> I always get goosebumps, Willa, when we send guys off to the boys and men. Because I think about all the highlights he had in his career and to come crashing down the way it did of an uppercut by a Manny Pacquiao. You know, you're right. He had a good run, and much respect to Lucas Matisse. Hopefully, he saved up enough, and hopefully that $2 million that he won from Manny Pacquiao can be worth more than what the, the dollar value is in Argentina. I'm not sure how that works, but I think if you gave me $2 million, I could spread it out and have a pretty good life with it, especially making some investments into anything that's moving forward. But we got everything we wanted to talk about today. Um, one fight we didn't cover was the Tevin Farmer beating the shit out of Billy Dib fight, which really was at 8 in the morning on Thursday, so we don't really – or Friday. Um, we didn't really cover on, but didn't really need to. I thought that was the easiest call of the week with Billy Dib being garbage, straight garbage. Hopefully we could see Tevin Farmer moving forward with uh, Javante Tank Davis, as they alluded to, but we'll get to that 
another time and another day. Well, I'm getting ready to go hop in the pool, unwind a little bit, and get ready for the Monday moving forward. What you got for your plans on the rest of the day, my guy? Oh, man, I'm about to eat these wings and uh, drink a few margaritas and probably call it an early night. So, you know, I'm about to old man it today, though. old man Sunday. Oh, I see you, man. I see you, man. I'm about to, um, I'm about to go chill out, relax, um, and just kind of get ready for this Monday. As you mentioned from the start of the show, it's kind of been of a uncomfortable feeling for me being here in Central California after coming from Southern California. But I'm getting back into the comfort zone of it, me be of all in all. Until I get back to where I need to get to, I'm gonna enjoy my time here, and um, I enjoyed my time on this show. Hell of a show today. We got off everything that we needed to get off on. Um, sending the goodbyes to Lucas Matisse and all in all about it all. So um, I want to thank everybody who came on with us. Appreciate you guys rocking with us. Appreciate Willa for uh, doing the ins and out works of it all, going into getting some of these clips that we need to put out there for the viewing or for the listening audience. And I want to wish everybody else a happy Sunday. Wake up tomorrow. Make this Monday better than last Monday. And let's progress to what we got to do. Moving forward in life and in general, everybody. I'm R.C. from the San Joaquin Valley in Central California. To my man, D. Willow Wilson from Houston, Texas. We are the Outsiders Boxing Podcast. Wishing you all a good week until the midweek show comes. And if you're rocking with us, we're rocking with you. Outsiders Boxing Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, have a fantastic Sunday. Enjoy your week. And until next time, as always, we will be back sooner rather than later. This is the Outsiders Boxing Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, and we are out. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.